It's a Sunday. Very good. What's up? What else? It's the last Sunday of January. Is that what it is? Praise the Lord. Today is the last Sunday of this financial year for the church, and it's also our business meeting after the service. We're going to have lunch, and we're going to get back together at 12.45 for the business meeting. Praise the Lord. And we encourage all the parents to go get your kids who are in children's church and nursery and make sure that you feed them uh, before you go. To the before you come back for the business meeting. Just want to let you know that's an announcement from our children's church and the nursery. This morning we are going to turn to the scriptures. Shall we look to turn to Genesis chapter 35? Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 and 2. A very familiar scripture portion for all of us. We're going to read Genesis chapter 35, verse 1 and 2. Amen. Praise the Lord. This morning, the message is titled, Going up to Bethel, going up to Bethel. Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Every resistance to the preaching of God's word, we overcome it in the name of Jesus. We take victory in this house. In Jesus' name, and the church said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Going up to Bethel. Praise God. Amen. Then God said to Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel and dwell there, and make an altar there to God who appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your brother. And Jacob said to his household and to all who were with him, Put away the foreign gods that are among you. Purify yourselves and change your garments. Praise God. God appears to Jacob and tells him, go up to Bethel. Go up to Bethel. Bethel is a very significant place in the life of Jacob. God reminds Jacob and tells him that it's time for you to go back. Not just simply through the memory lane, but actually go to Bethel and dwell there, build an altar unto God. We know from the life of Jacob, as it is mentioned in chapter 28, after the events that transpired in his home, he's running away from his brother. After cheating his brother of his birthright, he, after deceiving his father, he's running away from home. As he's going away, at night he comes to a particular place and he decides to take rest there. The Bible says, as the sun goes down, 
Jacob takes a stone, makes it as a, as a pillow, and he goes to sleep. That particular night, Jacob had a dream. And in this dream, we see that God speaks to him and God appears to him in his dream and gives him a word. And we know the events that transpired there. And based on that, Bethel has become a very prominent place in the life of Jacob. For Bethel is a place of God's presence. Praise God. Bethel is a place of God's presence for Jacob. It's a place where he had his first initial encounter with God. Every one of us has a spiritual battle in our, in our lives. Every one of us has an encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. Every one of our encounters are very unique in its nature, in its timing, in the way where God has met us, where God has touched us, where God has rewritten our history. Do you remember the battle of your life? Do you remember how God touched you? Do you remember how God rewrote your life history? Do you remember the initial encounter that you had with the Lord? Some of us have a very dramatic experience. Some perhaps not a very dramatic experience. But our encounters with the Lord are very unique. Unique to the point that it leaves a mark on us. It leaves a deep impression upon our lives. Praise God. The encounter that we have with our Lord, it leaves a mark, etches His presence upon our lives. Likewise, in the life of Jacob, Jacob had a very unique experience. Praise God. Not when he was on the top of the world. Not when he was very close to God. But in a moment when he had gone through the very lowest moment of his life. All by himself. Lonely in a solitary place. In a place where there was nobody around. There was nobody that loved him that was around. Perhaps deep down in his soul, he felt guilty of everything that had transpired. Perhaps he was in a place where he was so afraid that his brother would catch up with him and perhaps do him harm. As he was running away from home, not knowing where he was going, not knowing but the place that he was in, God decides to have an encounter with him. Praise God. Isn't this the picture of grace in our lives? The Lord met us. The Lord met us at the point of our need. The Lord had a very special encounter with us. Not when we had a very super spiritual life. But even as the Bible says, even while we were yet sinners, 
praise God. The lowest moments of our life, the Lord reached out to you and to me. And it became one of the most important, significant times of our lives. Praise God. Look, as he's sleeping, he's having this very special dream. In his dream, he sees a ladder from heaven. And angels, as it is written, written, ascending and descending. And the Lord standing up there, speaking into his life. Praise God. The Lord is introducing himself to Jacob. We don't know what kind of understanding Jacob had concerning the Lord. We don't know how much he knew about the Lord. Perhaps, of course, his parents perhaps had shared things about the Lord with him. But that was the first time in his life, as we read in the scripture, the Lord comes in his dream and the Lord introduces himself as a God of his grandfather Abraham and his father Isaac. Praise the Lord. Introducing to him and giving him a promise that God is going to keep him, sustain him, protect him, and promote his cause. Praise God. See, every one of us has an encounter, an initial encounter with the Lord. But our initial encounter with the Lord should not just satisfy us, but we all need to have an ongoing intimate relationship with him. We need to cultivate a relationship with him to the point that we develop an appetite. We develop a desire. We develop an hunger. Use that initial encounter with the Lord to continue to connect with him. We see that God talks to him and gives him a promise. Tell, the Lord tells him that, listen, I am going to do what? Look at the promise that God is giving him. The promise that the Lord gives him, I want to call it this morning, the promise package of God. Every promise that God gives us is a unique promise. And it's a package with so many layers to it. The package that God gives, the promise package that God gives to Jacob is unique. Number one, God tells him that I will go with you. I will be with you. Praise God. The promise of God, the promise of his presence. Praise God. Even when he is lonely all by himself, what he needs is the presence of God. Folks, you and I would have a lot of things in our lives, but the greatest thing that we can cherish in our life is the promise that the Lord has given concerning his presence. He has made us a promise that I will never leave thee, nor would I ever forsake thee. Praise the Lord. More than that, as people who live in the New Testament era, we have the Emmanuel. The Lord is with us. The Lord is in us. The Lord is around us. 
praise God. The presence of God assures us that God will see us through. So this promise package that God gives, it has number one, the presence of God. He says, I will be with you. Number two, the Lord tells him is, I will protect you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let me tell you folks, if we have the presence of God with us, we need to know that there is a, a protection that you and I enjoy in our lives. 24-7, if the presence of God is with us, we have God's protection, God's covering all around us. When we live in this world, we need that protection. As far as Jacob was concerned, God is telling him that I will protect you. Not only I will protect you, I will preserve you. Praise God. The promise of preservation is given. In other words, the Lord is saying that I will protect you and I will make sure that you will come back to this place. Finally, the Lord tells him that I will also give him one more promise, the promise of possession, saying the very land that you're in, I will give it to you as a possession. So number one, God tells him that I am going to give you, and within this promise package, God has so many things for him, presence, protection, preservation, and possession. You and I, as God's children, we also have the promises of God. And with the promises of God, we experience the protection of God. We experience the provision of God. We experience the, the possessions that the Lord has given us. And we also experience the word from him that he will keep us and he will preserve us. Praise God. Hallelujah. Go back to Bethel. Why? Because Bethel is a place where he had his first encounter with the Lord, where he experienced the presence of God in a very unique way. It's a place where God gave him a promise. Praise the Lord. The Lord that you and I serve is not only a God who gives us promise, He's also a promise keeper God. Praise God. He's a promise keeping God. Hallelujah. The promises that you and I get from people around us, they might be able to keep them or not keep them. When they keep their promises, we are happy. When they keep their promises, we take them for granted. Till they break their promises. When promises are broken, it affects our relationship with them. But the Lord that you and I serve is a promise-keeping God. Hallelujah. He's a promise-keeping God. If he has given you a word, if he has given you a promise, if God has spoken a word over your life, God will surely Keep the promise that he has given you and me. What is the promise that God gives him? Among all the other, other promises that God gives him, God tells him that I will make sure that you will come 
back. Amen. God doesn't give him a blueprint of his life, but tells him, listen, today you are all by yourself. Today you are sleeping under this door. I am giving you a word that I will keep you, I will sustain you, and I will bring you back. Isn't that the kind of promise that the Lord has given you and me? Praise God. He who has begun a good work in you is faithful to do what? To bring it to fruition, to complete it until the day of the Lord Jesus. The Lord is not only one who initiates his work in us, who starts his work in us, but he's also faithful to bring it to pass or to fulfill the promise that he has made in our life. The Lord that we serve is a promise-keeping God. He's a God who gives promise, who makes promises. He's also a God who keeps the promises. Praise God. Now, there is something very unique about our God. He is also a God who reminds us of the promises that we have made to him. As Jacob has this encounter with the Lord, and as the Lord speaks into his life, early in the morning he wakes up. He is saying, wow, I did not know that the presence of God was here. This is an awesome place. Folks, when you and I have an encounter with the Lord, praise God, the dull, the mundane, the routine, the wilderness experience, the lonely experience, the solitary experiences of our lives, God is able to change it and it becomes a blooming experience in his life. The dry and arid place becomes an awesome place. Praise God. God's presence can change the very settings of our lives. God's presence can change the very outlook of our lives. God's presence can change the very perspective of our life. God's presence, encounter with him, will change our attitudes and our altitudes in our life. And God's presence instills within us a ray of hope in a hopeless situation. You and I will come to the conclusion that regardless of how things look today, now, the status quo, regardless of what it is, God's presence and his promise will assure us of a great glorious future for us just like he did for Jacob. So Jacob responds that morning and what he does is he makes a promise to God. He takes, makes an oath to God. Listen to this. We said, number one, God is a promise-making God. Or a promise-giving God. Then we said, he's a promise-keeping God. Praise God. When, the, when he experiences encounter, Jacob makes a promise to God. And with that, we want to remind the church, God is also a God who will remind you of the promise that you have made to him. Praise God. Have you and I made any promises to God? 
in our lowest moments of our lives, when the Lord came through for you and me in a very unique way, did we not utter promises to him? Praise God. The promises that you have made, the decisions that you and I have made, the commitments that you and I have made, the dedications that you and I made, let me tell you, this promise-keeping God has recorded the promise that you have made to God. Amen. That particular morning, when there was nobody around there, just between God and Jacob, what Jacob uttered to God, heaven captured that moment. It's not a Kodak moment. Heaven captures that moment and heaven saves that moment. And years have passed by. 20 years have gone by. The landscape has changed. The future has changed. Jacob has become a very prosperous man. Every challenges that he had experienced in his life, he has overcome. God has been faithful to him. The presence of God was with him. The protection of God was with him. When Laban wanted to do him harm, even without this knowledge, God was watching over him to the point the same God that appeared to Jacob appeared to Laban at night who was in hot pursuit of Jacob, told him, make sure that you do him no harm. Folks, the presence of God that, that we experience in our lives also protects us. And how many times the Lord has protected you and me from people, from evil, from evil assaults, from evil attacks, from evil men around us. There are so many occasions that you and I know that the Lord has delivered us, yet there are so many occasions that you and I are not aware that God stood between you and the one that wanted to assault you and he kept you and he sustained you. You and I have experienced so many such protections in our lives. Jacob was a successful man. He was back and he was having a good life when things went wrong. There was a tragedy in his life because of what his two sons had done. And that particular day, God comes to Jacob and he reminds him of his promise by saying, go back to Bethel. Praise God. Hallelujah. In our good moments, in our golden moments of life, it is human nature to forget what we have uttered in the presence of God in our lowest moments of life. Even when we forget, God does not forget the promises, the hope, the commitments that we have made to him. And he will come and he will remind us of the promise that we have made him. He's a promise-giving God. He's a promise-keeping God. He's a one who will remind you of your and my promise that we have made to him. Praise the Lord. That particular day, God comes knocking saying, hey, 
do you remember the promise that you made? Praise God. Hallelujah. It's not like the collection agency that comes and approaches us. Praise God. But God has a very unique way of dealing with each and every one of us in a way that you cannot deny. Praise God. Just like Jesus went after Peter and used a setting that was so familiar for him that it was an undeniable experience. Likewise, the Lord is able to come and remind us of the promises that we have made. Praise God. This morning, have, are you being reminded of the promise that you have made to the Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. The Lord of the universe will come to you and would remind you what you uttered in his presence. Praise God. One night, the Lord of the universe came into a particular place and there was a little boy that was lying around fast asleep. God called him out of the darkness saying, Samuel, Samuel, praise God, hallelujah. What was the reason behind it? Years ago, his mother had uttered a promise to God. Praise God, if you give me a son, I will lend him, I will give it to you, give it to you for his entire life. Hannah was faithful and he kept, and she kept her part of the promise and she brought the son and placed him in the temple under the care of Eli. That particular day when Hannah stood before God and as she uttered her prayer, the Bible says no words were coming from her mouth but even when no words was coming from her mouth, even when Eli the high priest could not read her lips and misunderstood her to be a woman who was under the influence of alcohol. God from heaven had recorded the throbbings of a heart, the heartbeat, the emotional outburst that was coming out of her and recorded and captured that moment. Hannah was faithful to do her part but few years later, God came back and reminded, called Samuel into ministry. Praise God. The Lord is our Lord who reminds us of the promise. And at the same time, he will come in your life and remind you that it's come it's time for you to rise up and move forward with your life. Praise God. As that particular incident when Jacob heard and saw God speaking into his life through that dream, it prompted within him an action. Praise God. What did he do early in the morning? The Bible says he got up and he, and he, and he raised this stone there and poured oil on it. We don't know what Jacob was carrying with him. Praise God. Perhaps a couple of days of food supply. Perhaps a bottle or a flask of oil 
we don't know but whatever it was as he stood before god that particular day he erected a stone that he had used as a pillow and he poured oil upon it and he said if the lord will bring me back i will build an altar for him right here and god was reminding jacob jacob it's time for you to go back and build that altar for the the altar that you had promised it's very interesting as we see chapter 35 god tells him jacob arise go up to bethel and dwell there make an altar there to god who appeared to you when appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother esau praise god hallelujah when jacob returns to this particular place battle god is saying don't be in a rush but do what dwell there praise god i want you to go back to battle and i want you to dwell there build an altar how often you and i rush through giving praise worship to the lord praise god how often we do that we rush through it right but god wants you and i to go and linger in his presence go back to your battle go back to that place of encounter it could be your living room it could be your prayer room it could be your den it could be your basement wherever it is that you have separated that place go back there don't rush but sit linger in the presence of god hallelujah you and i have to cultivate a habit of lingering in the presence of god praise god other than the 20 minutes of worship that we have let me ask you my friends how much time do you linger in the presence of god praise Look at our service. Everything is on time. We have exactly 20 minutes of praise and worship. And after that we have to move because we are so much controlled by time. Last Sunday I was in a church in in Kerala. Their service started at 8:30. From 8:30 to 10:00 it was non-stop worship. the entire thousands of people who are come to the church they were on their feet from 8:30 to 10 o'clock one and a half hours on their feet continuous praise and worship i was like wow one and a half hours of praise and worship and within this one and a half hours of praise and worship only after 45 minutes the lead singer will go and another lead singer will come and the service continues nobody is sitting nobody is moving the place is packed with thousands of people i was like wow and the presence of god was so rich and so real as people continue to celebrate worship linger in the presence of god 
you and I live in a very fast-paced society. There is so much demand on time. And we put so, we, 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 we reserve so little time for God. We say, Lord, here's my 20 minutes. If you want to do something with me, do something after 20 minutes. I got to go. Well, I hope and I pray that this is not the only 20 minutes that you have in your entire week. But you will have a desire. The more time that we spend in the presence of God, you still want to spend more time because it develops within you. The presence of God that we experience in our life develops within us an appetite for more of God. That's what the psalmist says. As the deer panteth after the brooks, so my soul longeth after thee. Praise God. Is there a longing? Let me ask you. There is, as we have entered into this first month of this year, do we have a greater longing for God than what we had last year? Or are we planning to do a 15 minute this year from 20 to 15? Praise God. We are in a rush. Folks, if you and I want to experience God's presence in our lives, we have to spend quality time in the presence of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, we know quality time doesn't always doesn't mean long hours. Praise God. But let me tell you, if your capsule moment with God is so enriching, praise God. Otherwise, you have to come to your battle. And God says, go to battle and dwell there and make an altar for me. Praise God. God wants us to linger in his presence. He's giving us an invitation to come and to have fellowship with him. Praise God. Hallelujah. Do we have the desire to be in the presence of God? Praise God. Building an altar signifies worship. Praise God. And the Bible has to say so many things about worship. The Bible talks about ignorant worship as Paul puts it in Acts chapter 17 verse 23. People don't know what they are worshiping. You and I are not ignorant worshipers. When we come in the presence of God, we need to have a revelation of an almighty God who loves us and how awesome he is. Praise God. The Bible talks about will worship. Now there was audience-centered worship. Is a worship audience-centered or God-centered? God wants a worship to be God-centered worship. And Jesus, speaking to the Samaritan woman, says, Father is seeking for true worshipers because God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship in spirit and truth. There is a must in the worship that God desires from us. It's mandated. Every worshiper needs to know that Father who seeks 
for true worshipers mandates certain kind of worship. And the worship that is mandated from true worshipers are that the worship should be in spirit and in truth. Praise God. To worship God in spirit and in truth, it means to involve our inner man. Praise God. To involve our inner man in worship. It is so easy for us to come and be seated in the presence of God. As we are physically seated here, our thoughts could be somewhere else. Our minds can be occupied with something else. Our minds can be occupied with the business meeting that's coming up. Our minds can be occupied with sarcastic thoughts. Our minds can be occupied with anger. Our minds could be occupied with so many things that we are going through. That's why Jesus said God is looking for true worshipers who will worship him in spirit and in This morning after being in the presence of God, were you able to connect with him? Be honest, ask yourself, were you able to connect with him? Or you were distracted from the moment that you walked in the presence of God? Only you can answer it and God would know it whether you were able to connect with him. Praise God. It is possible for us to go through a routine, a ritual of lifting up our hands and saying a few things and, and doing things in the presence of God without actually entering into the presence of God. Were you ushered into the presence of God this morning? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. The worship that the Lord desires from us is a worship, he says, it has to be, there has to be truth in it. In other words, truth in the inner parts is what God desires. Why? The Lord Jesus who's making the statement, he is what? He's the embodiment of truth. His word is the truth. Praise God. God who is the truth, Jesus who is the embodiment of the truth, requires that his worshipers be true worshipers who will worship him in truth. If our worship is not in truth, we deceive ourselves. That's it. We just simply deceive ourselves. What is this worship in truth? Worship in truth means that before we entered into the presence of God, we took care of our business. We made sure the things that needed to be eradicated from our lives, we eradicated. Our hearts are clean and pure before God. There is nothing in our life that as the true and the living God will look into our lives, there is nothing in our life that is other than truth. Praise God. When we utter a praise, it has to come from the depth of our heart. Praise God. When we lift up our hands, when we lift up our hands, we ought to be aware of the fact that I'm lifting up my hands to the Lord Jesus. 
that there is truth in what I say. There is truth in the worship that I give to God. That I stand on the word of God and every word that proceeds as praise and thanksgiving to God. Lord, this is a worship in truth and may you receive my worship. Praise God. Hallelujah. God tells Jacob, go back to Bethel. Dwell there. Build an altar. Praise God. The Bible says, Jacob calls his family and tells them. Jacob said to his household and to all who are with him, put away the foreign gods that are among you and purify yourself and change your garments. Praise God. In every worship, hallelujah. There is a requirement from us. Praise God. What is it? We ought to remove everything that will stand in the way of the manifestation of the presence of God. Praise God. Remove everything. Things that ought to be repented of. Anything that has come into our lives that is not of God. In their lives, it was idols that they had brought from wherever, from Paddan Aram that they had come. And it, was, it had become a place in their life. It had taken root in their lives. And Jacob is saying, as we go to battle, to that place of worship, remove everything that ought to be removed. Is there anything in our lives that we need to remove? Only you and God can say. We have to remove that. Praise God. God tells them, Jacob tells them, change your garments. And scripture, washing the body and changing clothes, symbolizes a new beginning, a fresh start. Repentance and rededication as we come back to our battle. God is calling us to come back to our battle. Keep our promises to him. Praise God. Linger in the presence of God. Praise God. Offer him sacrifice of praise. And when you do it, make sure that it is acceptable for him. And if it has to be acceptable, we have to eradicate things from our lives that we need to so that the battle experience of our lives is an enriching experience. Praise God. All eyes closed. Every eye closed. This morning shall we pray, Lord, let there be a battle in my life. Let the battle be a place of repentance for me. Let the battle be a place of rededication for me. Let battle be a place of renewal for, for me. Let battle be a place of refreshing for me. Let battle be a place of rejuvenation for me. Let battle be a place where I will eradicate every strange gods. Anything other than Jesus that takes prominence in our life is a strange God that has entered as access to our life. Can you identify the strange gods of our lives? It might be something as simple as the entertainment system that you have. 
where you spend more time before the entertainment system than the time for Jesus. The time for Jesus is 20 minutes distracted throughout the service. But the time that you have given for your Xbox, for your television set, for your big screen, how much time is it taking out of your life? God is calling us, telling us, come back. I want you to keep your word with me. Praise God. It's a promise keeping God. It's a promise giving God. At the same time, it's a God who will remind you of your promises, telling you to come and linger in his presence. Father, Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We come in your presence, Father. Lord, we pray that we will have an appetite to come and dwell and linger in your presence. Lord, remove every distractions from us as we even come into the house of God. Give us thoughts which are focused on you, Lord. Lord, every distractions that the enemy brings in our thought process as we are in your presence, we pray that you would enable us to overcome it, Lord. That we will zero in on you, Lord. As the psalmist says, I have set the Lord always before me. And because he's on my right side, I shall not be moved. Father, we pray that we will have the Lord always before us. May our worship be acceptable.